0: Well, good morning, Morena, Tato. Great to have you here. Okay, well, it gets settled. You better put your seatbelts on today. Now, I'm going to say here, ladies, no intentional um, belittling is going toward the female species. In fact, because you won't be so much the matter of the topic today, you can rest assured you're okay. So, all the ladies say, yoo hoo! <laughs> oh, some of the guys are already feeling like, oh no, I've got to get clubbed. And no wonder some of them didn't turn up today. Okay, that's what it's all about. My country's under threat, this nation is in crisis. <laughs> Honestly? Well, I'm going to do some man talk today. But ladies, don't go to sleep. I I need your chairs where it's needed. Remember the old song when I was thinking about this, when I am going to do some man talk? I was thinking about, you know, Rene Geyer, who sung the old James Brown song, It's a Man's World. But then they go and spoil it all by adding, but it's nothing without a woman or a girl. Well, I want to change that today, and I want to say it's a woman's world. But it will be nothing without... <laughs> well, come on, you know. It would be nothing about... Well, it's just... It is. It's a great song. It's a man's will, but it's just like... <laughs> He's nothing without her. And that's true, you know. But then somewhere along the line, you men, you've got to find your balls. Now, that's not a good start to the day, is it? <laughs> I apologize if that was, but that's the only way I can put it, because it's a man talk today. So, I am going to give a challenge to the nation. I want all the men in New Zealand to try and get a hold of this message today, or some part of it. I think you ought to get your phones right now, right across here. Anybody that's listening, and welcome by the way, you need to start sharing this message. This is a message about how the men are going to save this nation and the nations of the world. We are right now under a serious attack, not just about our nation, it's about our families. I'm talking about our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. If there was ever a time for men to fight for their family, fight for their future, fight for the flag, fight for our faith as well, it is now. Too much has been left for the ladies. Sometimes it's been genuine, and ladies have had to fill the gap. We we'll fill the gap where men have abdicated their role. Yeah. Gangs are bas- basically exploding because we have a father problem. And if you have a father problem, you've got a man problem. So today I'm going to say some things. How's that? I'm going to go short, sharp, shiny. And it's going to get us now to see that we're going somewhere. We're going to do something about it. I'll give you a couple examples from Scripture. And then we're out of here. And I'm pretty sure a lot of men in this country are going to agree with me. And their ladies will. Their wives and their daughters and their sons. We want big daddies. We want great daddies. We want fathers who will father the generations back into again life, freedom, and a future without any type of harm or damage that's going to touch them again like it has before. All right, have a seat. Thank you very much, team. Here we go. All right. I want to um, read a scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5. How's that? 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5. Father, bless this day as you have. I know you've blessed our lives. You've blessed me. You've blessed them. You've blessed us. Where would we be without the blessing of God? Well, I, I could have some thoughts about that, but I don't want to, because I am blessed today. Say you're blessed. I'm Say I'm blessed. I'm Say I'm blessed. I'm Say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say I am blessed. I am blessed. There is nothing more powerful for a family that has a blessed father at the head of it, a blessed husband, a blessed man. Everybody clap their hands about that. Oh, yeah. That's what we need today. Now, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures here. They're going to be very powerful from 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5. I'm going to be talking to you about an occasion, an event. It is very, it's kind of like contradictory. It's a contradictory circumstance, but I will get my point across. All right? Here we go. Just bear with me if you're not a believer, but you will catch this because I'm touching on something very big today. Where are the men in our nation? Time for the men to rise up. Now, when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, we're talking about the most precious thing to a nation, that's Israel, God's people, a people He had pulled out of all the others and put them together, Hebrew family, and they would become a special people. And they would have God backing them. Could you imagine, above all the other things that you might have going for you, that you would have God watching your back? That God's got my back? You might not all have my back all the time, or somebody else. But God's got my back. God's going to watch over me. He's going to protect me. He is going to basically fill the holes and the gaps and help me where I need those sorts of miracles and helps. Oh, how good is it to have God behind you? With all the mess around and the pressure and our peace has been robbed. Our freedom has been taken. Our rights have been removed. We've lost jobs and you know, businesses, and we've, we've had so much stuff happen. What a turmoil in the world today. Yet, you should, if you know Christ, be able to wake up in the morning and go to bed at night knowing this, I have Christ in my life. God is my watcher. He will look after me. When I run out, He steps up. I don't have any pain at His pump. I might have pain at the petrol pump. But when I go to God's pump, He feeds me the water of life. He gives me energy. He fuels me up. He replaces where man cannot satisfy. God satisfies. A man was made to carry the very presence of God itself. The glory of God, even even in Corinthians, the apostle touches a very high and a very beautiful, blessed uh, family structure and order he says that man is the, is the glory of God and the woman is the glory of the man. Isn't that amazing? And he, he basically says that not in a way of oppressing or being uh, an or anti-feminist or something like that and against that whole thing. It liberates woman when a man has got Christ in his life. When a man doesn't have Christ in his life, he starts suppressing, oppressing. And being possessive. Tell you what, girls, if you're still single, get a guy that's in touch with God. You'll miss out on a lot of abuse. (laughs) So when the the Ark of the Covenant—that's the very special—it represents God with His people. They came into the camp of all Israel and shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Here was the strength of a nation was actually God in the middle of it wow and so when that nation knew that God was in the middle of them they shouted with a loud shout now their enemies the Philistines heard the noise of the shout that's got to be depressing (laughs) you got to fight something and they got the very living almost all-powerful all-knowing God for them so you know the Philistines have been, been making the Hebrews their slaves. So they recognize that these Israelites with God are probably formidable and unbeatable. But then when they heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does that sound of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into their camp. I pray most of all for my nation that God will be brought back in the midst of it. Come on, somebody. We, we Out of all the needs that we have, that's got to be the greatest need of my country and every other country around the world. The answer to globalism, the answer to the damage of the elites and all of those who are suppressing, controlling and trying to damage the countries, control them and turn them into something else. The answer to all of this is those nations get God back in the midst or the middle of its politics, in the middle of its families, in the middle of its business, in the middle of its economy, in the middle of its whole society, its neighbor and every house, they should let Christ come back in. Let God back in our nations. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Okay, how come only a quarter of my church is happy about that? (laughs) I want you all to give a, a clap of praise right now. Everybody, right across, everybody out there. Okay, come on. I, I, I need some. I don't want you to be spectators today. I want you to be participants. we got to make a noise because God's coming back. <coughs> He's coming back into the midst of His people. He will, will be brought back into the middle of this nation. I decree today that Christ will be raised up again in my nation of New Zealand. God defend. New Zealand. we got the greatest anthem in the world. God of nations at thy feet. I, I don't know how you feel today, every Kiwi I'm speaking to, every family, every man, and every wife and every child. I want to tell you something. We sing. That's a declaration, not just an anthem. It's a decree. God of nations at thy feet. In the bonds of love we meet. Then it talks about the God of our free land. God defend our free land. I love that. And they try to get rid of it. They try to change the words. They couldn't get rid of the flag, couldn't get rid of the anthem. Well, let's change the word God. That's our problem. We've just got to face the fact that we need something bigger than ourselves. I'm for you guys. Hang on. All right, let's get into this. So the Philistines were afraid, and they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Wow. What what could, you know, give me the next scripture, because this goes weird right now. Samuel 4, Samuel 9. 1 Samuel 4, 9. Is it up there? And it goes like this. No, that's not the one. Oh, yes, it is. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men. Be strong And conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines. I can almost say, be strong, conduct yourself like men, you Kiwis. What do you do when your back of your nation is against the wall? What do you do when your nation's in trouble? What do you do when you have a threat that you think is bigger than you can actually cope with? I can't cope with this. We've been damaged. Some people are saying we've been wrecked beyond, you know, recognition or beyond uh, return. We cannot, we cannot change our country. It's gone. It's it's over. It's the debt is too much. You know, we can't fight this thing. Can, can you hear that? Look, I I don't blame a lot of people who think they could just, you know, if we could just make it through. I mean, how can you make it through when you go to the petrol pump and or if you've got any money left over? It will be sucked up in that tank, trying to, trying to reach the ridiculous prices of what they're doing. And the cost of living, paying horrendous prices for vegetables and the necessities of life, like food. We've got water problems, challenges coming up. We've got problems with this country now, uh, going from being one of the best countries in the world to go to as the second worst nation. I know you're comfortable still, Don't worry, that'll be taken away in a few weeks. You better be listening to me. Don't get too cozy with your job and the false freedom. People are running around still filling their gas tanks in this country. Even though that that gas is beyond believability, shows you the stubbornness of Kiwi men. Shows me that my nation, May have to go through more hardship. But why take your children and your grandchildren through your ignorance and your stubbornness? Why should our kids suffer? Because you're thinking just about you at this stage. Think about our children. Think about your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Think about the safety of your family. It's time to put family above business. It's time to put a husband's duties, and a man's responsibilities as a father to his kids, and how well are they being nurtured emotionally, physically, mentally, and and economically, and spiritually. How is your family, I'm gonna ask you, mister? Dad, man, how is your family really going? Is your wife happy? Are the children okay? Are you fear free? Or is there anxiety in your house? How was it when you, before 2020, did you have peace? Or at least a certain amount of peace and freedom and comfort. But the moment that something came from Wellington and from the globe around and and through uh, political powers that ruined our lives, lest we forget what has already been done is enough for us to a call for action. But there is still worse to come. We're still being threatened. Nobody feels safe about their tomorrow. Everybody is uncertain about their future. And do you blame wives that are trying to hold up their end in their home with kids, education, income, their livelihood? the safety of their children in a wild, bad world where crime is now a a fad and a fashion to rob, rape, steal, a judicial system that not only can not keep up, it is not adequate. It ain't fair and it's not just. A police force, it doesn't know whether it is an enforcement squad or protecting the people. Their failings, and the failings, the faint hearted that are now getting weaker and weaker. That when I read the scripture, it tells me something that a people called the Philistines, a nation that would have no hope against another nation or a oppressor or somebody that's going to be in charge of their lives has extra superpower behind them. You would think that you would just take your lot, give up or comply. Just comply with the pressure, comply with the fact that the mountain is a mountain. It's too big. What can we do, Brian? What, what do you want us to do? How do we change this? Well, Su- Sri Lanka had a good, good go at it. There people got up, absolutely got to a break point and said, no more shortages. No more high cost of living. No more being told we can't have any petrol. What does it take? So everybody in that nation went down there and threw their government out, threw the prime minister out, threw the president out. At least they did something. If you think that's not good, would you rather keep getting bashed and damaged and ripped apart and separated and your kids permanently damaged for generations because you thought what? Who would go away? We write letters, get referendums. I'm getting to the answer. The answer is clear to me because I can get it from somewhere higher. So these people, in other words, you're doomed. You know. So what do they say? They call on the actual men of the nation. That's the answer to the impossible that faces them. What do you do when your nation's got its back against the wall? What do you do when it's, everything looks lost? They say to them, now, be strong. Be strong. And it says, conduct yourselves like men. Just, just excuse me for a moment, ladies, while I talk to the guys. It is obvious that these people are going to be slaves. That's the whole thing. Slavehood, loss of freedom loss of their rights, loss of of being able to do what you wanna do, say what you wanna say and be who you should be in life is about to be caged and enslaved. No different to what I see today. So what was the answer? Here's the answer to any nation, any society that's facing crisis, facing a collapse, facing tyranny, facing a whole disaster. You actually call upon the men. Where are the men? That's what the Philistines do. They reckon we're going to lose. We, we even think that we're going to be losing. They are shouting already. They've already given the clap of victory. They're getting away with what they're going to do. But you know what? There is an answer to when everything looks like that you can't do nothing about it. Get the men together. Call up the men. men, every man, we want men to stand. If you be a man, this is what they said, be strong is actually equals conducting yourself like a man. In other words, if you are a real man, you must have strength. You've got to be strong. So I find that interesting because... Just let me read the rest so I can get on to this thing a bit more. Do you know what happened? They said, said, come on, you Philistines. Come on, you Kiwis. Come on, you New Zealanders. Come on, the, the citizens of this country. Come on, every man, woman, and child of family in this country. They said, come on. You've got to show strength. You've got to be strong. This is the time for our men to gather their wives and their daughters and their sons. You know what? Next Saturday on the 23rd, we're gonna change our plans because we got something bigger to do. We're gonna save our country. I gotta save your kid's future. I gotta save your education. I gotta save your health services. I gotta save, the, 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 the future for you has to be taken in hand now. Oh, gee, oh, that's come, that came out a bit early, just hold on a moment. I did say a date and I did say something. But I want to, you've got to hear this. Now listen to this. They said this, conduct yourselves like men. I want to talk a little bit about this because over the next thing you'll see this, the next scripture basically says that when they, 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 the Philistines fought, Israel was defeated and every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter and they fell Israel, 30,000 foot soldiers, and they basically took them into, into captivity. They were enslaved. The, the, the unthinkable happened. The impossible was achieved. Are you hearing me, New Zealand? Don't be despaired into fear and inaction because you're looking now and thinking, well, that's the way it has to go because I want to tell you something and I want to show you something. These Philistines end up showing up a few hundred years later or a bit later on. Right? In, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, in the well-known story of David and Goliath. Okay, Now, isn't this quite interesting that in the first chapters of the Philistine, there we go, Philistines, they're coming back again to the age-old battle. Who's going to be in charge? Who is going to control the masses of people? That battle hasn't stopped. Who's going to be in charge of your thoughts? Who's going to control your life? Who's going to tell you what you can do and what you can't do? Because believe you me, if you just sit neutral and just carry on, taking the high cost of living prices, keep pulling up with a pump and pain, and you just keep sitting there, so shall you be a slave, oh my man. And you are enslaving your wife, you're enslaving your sons, you're enslaving your daughters and you're enslaving your mukos, your your grandchildren, by you being a man that's silent. This is not a time for silence. So here we are again and the Philistine is coming out and saying, Okay, I'm here to tell you that me and my country, my fellow countrymen, are here to enslave you. This is what it's all about. Controlling globalism. Whoever whoever wants to control us. Nobody can control us beyond the fact is that we want to be controlled. It's not a matter of not being controlled, but who is going to control us? I choose God to control my life. More specifically, Christ. But if you don't have him, watch out. There are plenty of despots and tyrants. Monsters that will come in and move in through religion and through politics and through the neighborhood and through companies and workplaces that will control your life. And I like like, to understand this, that now we are seeing in those days, it was men, men fighting men. The woman and the children of the families relied on their men being warriors they men being strong. Can I say a couple of things? Of course I can. <laughs> Who's gonna stop me? Did you know that we've been under an influence, and I've gotta say the influence has been a bad influence, a wrong influence, and an evil influence? And I call it, just, just name it, the feminization of our future. That there's been the process of feminizing, Nothing to do with the gender of male and female. Everything to do with taking away the strength of the man. <laughs> if the man does not conduct himself as a man, you know, could ye be strong, you men? The answer to all of societal problems in a nation under threat is that its men are strong. So if I was the enemy, listen to this, then i got to weaken the man i gotta, I got to eff, effeminize the man. i got to take away his strength. Cut Samson's hair. Take away his power by a woman doing it and then them picking up the power. So the feminization means that our masculinity has been emasculated, totally taken away. So today you see that men seem to have Who are good men? You know, Kiwi blokes. And generally speaking, there are some good men and there are some strong men. But why don't we see our men up front leading? Why do we not see our men take a hold of the crime statistics, take a hold of the domestic violence statistics, take a hold of the alcohol and drug problems? Why? Because it is a father problem, and a father problem is a man problem. You fix the man, you fix the home. That's our man up and our our legacy mantra. That's what we believe and we know. So putting it straight to us, straight to you today, we have in our society so feminized it that we're afraid to even just speak, let alone do. Look at, well, I'll give you the example. Jacinda Ardern, she's the prime minister, right? She's a woman. You might say, what's wrong with that? Great. I think bringing women uh, and the recent move of equalizing women's rights and that, I agree with. But there is some nastiness underneath the covers of the feminine movement or giving women all of their equal rights, equal pay. I am all for that. My wife's in here and she's, she walks as, as much as where I walk. She says, she speaks. And she's paid as good, if not better. So don't ever say that Brian Tamaki or Disney Church suppressed women. That's a lie of the enemy. Our women are liberated in this movement. They're happy. They can move. They can do. I love the fact that women can be employed anywhere. But when you have this insidious spirit, and I'll give you an example. And I'll take the old and I'll mix it with the new. Here's this, in in the story of David and Goliath, what does this Philistine brute do? He comes out, he challenges Israel to whom he knows this, and it's now been spread down into his people, the Philistines. That what happened way back then when I read to you, that when Israel had everything going for them, they had God for them, but you can have the biggest God ever. You can have all of God's power with you. But if the men are weak and the men have lost their masculinity, they've lost their get up and go, the men are no longer leading in society, then you can beat a nation even that has God behind it. That's not my story. I'll read it to you because you wouldn't believe me. So, The Philistine DNA now was structured that they were so, you know, buoyant, they would not flinch in the fight anymore. They would not ever run from any fight with these Israelites because they knew even though God backed them, He knew they weren't men, they were mice. And that's proven because when He comes out, He starts yelling and bellowing, He says, let's not just get into a fight. We beat you guys because we Philistines, we are men. And we know how to fight for our families. But you guys, uh, you're mice, not men. We've seen that before. We beat you because our men stood up to men who thought they had something, but they were nothing but silent Stay at home, mind my own business, men. Just stay at home, men, invisible men, and do nothing, men. Just go to my job, feed my family, get some money going, then go home, stay silent, and stay in in the house and do nothing. And while all around you is falling to pieces, these men are saying and doing nothing. Nothing. Their job is more important than the future of their children and their country. But it's deeper than that because I don't want to be too hard on you guys. I promise you, you'll find your balls. (laughs) But sometimes you have to be hurtful to be helpful. The surgeon cuts deep We lay swollen and sore and in pain, but that's the healing, and that's where you get your power is from the pain of the surgery that gives you the healing to be whole. That's what I'm doing right now. We got, (laughs) thanks for that. We got millions of men in this country who are allowing our country to go down the tubes, flush down the toilet because they're not doing anything. These people who are wrecking our country, saying they're taxing you too much, there's too much that's going wrong, they're taking away our business, they're squeezing us, in the construction and into the, the truckies and the farmers are also in this and those that are working in the retail business and in the uh, the um, hospitality industry and tourism and it goes on and on and on and every sector, they are throwing up their fists and they're saying, you know, we don't like this and get rid of this. We're good at commenting on the Herald and the News Hub and on, you know, social media. We're good at talking on social media but we're very bad about bringing our physicality out in the open and saying, you know what, I'm bringing me and my family to represent my voice, and my voice says that I do not like what's happening to my country of New Zealand, so he bellows out and he says, you know what he says, this is what he says, choose you a man, verse 8 of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8, before all of the big David and Goliath stuff you know about, here's the real talk, the pre-talk. Here's the real reason. He says, you choose a man. He knows they can't choose a man because that country don't have men. They just got slugs. Thugs, drugs. All they got is guys who think they're something but they do nothing about changing the plight and the fortune of their families. And if you're seeing ram raiding kids, our prisons that are, and you can see that, that now we have problems about just uh, basic foundationally uh, stuff that should have been taken care of before is that we can't get our families together. We can't get our families together because the men in this country have abdicated their roles. They've given up and realizing that you are the key and the answer to the future of our nation. The future of our education, the future of our health, the future of our economy comes all down to the man. Wow. So he says, choose you a man. You can put it this way. He's saying, I ain't fighting a lady. I'm not going to fight a girl. And then in verse 10, what does he say? Give me a man. It's twice. Give me a Better. I wrecked the last, you know my last laptop? It split and shattered all the glass when I was, I'm a, I'm a preacher man. And I'm, I'm pretty contained. So I got a brand new, thank you very much for my brand new. <laughs> so he says, give me a man. Don't give me a girl. Don't you send out a girl now. You guys don't send your wife to answer the door. Come on, you fellas, don't send her to go out and have a look in the dark, what that noise was. Come on, men, don't send her to answer the phone when they're looking for unpaid debts. Don't you send her to go to the job interview for you. But, 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 you don't understand my husband. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't either. <laughs> Why you marry him? Marry a man. Just, <laughs> you see, mums and dads want to tell you that when you do not prepare and properly raise those boys, you're raising hell for some future wife. And they have to go and be a mummy all over again to your unmumminess. When you didn't teach your, your son and when dad did not model what it was, how to treat a lady, how to, how to deal with finances and how to be respectful to people, then you're your sentiment in society, and that's what we get. We get a mess in the community because of that one thing. Men are not being a man. The Philistine knew from previous history these guys do not have fighters, do not have men, let alone fighters. Huh? So <laughs> he's saying, Send me a man. So, what do you got to send me? Well, I got Transcender here. We got some Transcender men. They seem to have more balls than ordinary men. Transgender men, you know. God said, what's a transgender? (laughs) Transgender. Transgender. (laughs) Sending them? They send out a transgender. Has a lady become a man? Has a lady become a man? Some men become ladies. But they have to because the transgender thing is that that a lot of women are thinking, you know what, our guy's doing such a bad job here, I might have to become a man. (laughs) And then some men think, you know what, I've done such a bad job, I should become a woman. (laughs) I mean, you can all laugh and say this is not right, this is not good, but it's happening. In fact, our parliament has something like 11, 10 to 11% of this men that have been mangled in their masculinity. Because feminine has crept in and yet the good old hardy Kiwi bloke just keeps getting up and going to work. Because he's got to get his money. Comes home, goes to the beach, sometimes to his batch, comes back. That man is ruining our nation. It's that man that, why we see the mess. And you say, oh no, it's not me. I'm not a criminal and all that sort of stuff. Ooh, I'm only just saying, you're getting upset about something here. You know, it's a thing when we don't take responsibility for the all, because it's our nation, not somebody else's nation that they did a bad job and it's yours too. And if you think that you are perfect, then all the more that you should be standing up and being seen. Do you understand what I'm saying about this? Send me, send me a man. Don't don't send me a boy. <laughs> You're gonna get it in a moment. Give me a man. Just is there not some men out there? So, what happens? There's no men, there's not a man amongst the so-called men. These guys are not men, they think they're men. So in the end, God has to use a boy. His name's called David. He comes walking in. You think because he's got to kill Goliath. No, he's coming into a nation that's bereft. It lacks men. There's a man shortage Oh, yeah, they were big soldiers. Oh, they had big suits on, or, or they had suits and ties. And then I like think they had, high. I'm a CEO. And they've got others who've got gang patches on them, mongrel mob, black power, whatever. i got my thing. Got somebody else over here dressed like a nice soldier in the army. Got somebody else who's dressed over here looking the part for the neighbourhood. But none of that dressing up is making that country having men in it. Because Israel was like that. They were arrayed in battle for. T- they were outfitted with the best. They were trained in the best. These guys had all of that stuff I just talked about, yet there was not a man amongst them. Give me a man. Goliath was taunting them because he knew they were not men. So David, the boy, had to come and be a man where there was not a man. The boy had to become a man because there were no men. They were all boys. Oh, the boys like a good time. The boys like the club and the pub. The boys like the playing. The boys like all of the action and the, watching the TV and doing the video game. The boys like to get around, look the part, dress the part, but they ain't men. Oh, you say, no, we got men. Look. Plenty of women getting pregnant. That's true. There is a lot of women getting pregnant. A lot of them though, don't have a guy who's ready to actually father what he's put in her belly. And that's part of the reason why abortion has gone through the roof there's a lack of fathers, a lack of men who would take responsibility so that when you get with a woman and put in something in her womb, that's something you've got to raise. That's something you've got to care for. That's something that you've got to look after. That's somebody who you've got to fight for so they can learn how to fight for the values that you fight for. And if they don't see you fighting for the values that matter, then your children will end up being slaves. Just about finished. I've got time for final stuff here because I can say so much about that. Isn't that amazing? He comes and he, that's why Goliath says, "You send me this dog to fight me, a man who from his youth has been a soldier, and this boy." Because David could have easily said, "You know what, Goliath? I actually agree with you Philistines, and I like the way that you stand up here, and you do stand." You do stand, even though I'm going to knock your head off. And you Philistines are ready to go, I feel like walking away because I'm, I'm with such cowards. Because Saul and the soldiers are all on the embankment. Not one of them could stand up. Not one man could be a man. Not one of them could walk out and see those protesters of the 120 representatives that stayed into that parliament and were cowards all the way. Not one man. Where are the men That should be standing and marching in this country. Our ladies are standing. Our ladies are there. And there are a lot of men. But there are more men. And I'm going to put this out. I believe that New Zealand, it's the right time. And the next Saturday, the 23rd, I'm calling every man in this country to prove that he cares for his daughter's future. He cares for his son's future. He cares about his wife. I'm gonna get you to change your plans if you had any on the 23rd. That's Saturday. I'm gonna ask you now to rearrange your your schedule and say to your wife and your daughters and your sons, you know what? Our nation is important. It's in crisis right now. Uh, Your future hangs in the balance. So every man, listen to what I'm going to say. You are to make the decision to turn up to a massive million man march. For Saturday the 23rd of July and they'll be in Christchurch in Wellington and Auckland at the same time I'm calling every man to stand now in this critical time of crisis in my country where we are experiencing some of the worst times in our history but our future is more important than our history and if you want a future for your children then you must be a man and I'm calling you as a fellow Kiwi. Change your plans for Saturday the 23rd at 10am. Turn up at the Auckland Domain. Turn up in Christchurch. Turn up in Wellington. And you will get the right thing. But it's time for you to say to your children, watch, Dad, how we shall fight for our country. We will keep New Zealand, New Zealand. We'll get back our country again. This is not right. Teach your children not to comply and settle for less and for worse teach your children that they deserve the best. So I'm calling on my fellow Kiwi men. Every man, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with what I believe. I don't have to agree with you. But we agree about one thing. This is a man's it's a problem now. This is a man's solution. We're going to get our kids together. We're going to get the wife and say, Honey, we've got to go out. We've got we to take a mark. We've got to stand. I've got to stand. I've got to stand for my family's future. The life of our nation is right now in the balance. Come on guys, come on guys. I know you don't do this thing. You don't even may even agree about marches of that, but I'm calling you, think about your children's future. Think about your family. Think about the mess we're in. We need you to stand side by side with tens of thousands of other men. So in these three cities, we can have a million men. A million men means with their wife, their daughters and their sons with them. <sighs> it's time. It's the right time. You're working on that Saturday the 23rd, take the day off. You're going to go to the beach, say we can go to the beach anytime. If you're just going to do whatever, change the plans, man. I'm, I'm saying to you, take charge. Say we're going. I'm going to stand there, with hundreds of thousands of others and a million man march for the future of our country for the breakthrough of getting us to the point where we get our New Zealand back alright thank you very much for hearing this and I I hope you share this I hope you let every every guy every man and every young man that's going to be a father or a husband you need to be there all right? Thank you so much. God bless. And we'll see you on the Saturday 23rd. I think it's about 10 a.m. we'll be meeting. So I'm going to call out to all of the groups and companies and businesses that whatever, on Saturday, I want an official day off. If you've got men working for you and you can say to them, we're all going to make a stand for our future of our families we don't like how the economy is going, we don't like the high cost of living, we don't like the pain at the petrol pump, then you've got to come out of your house. You've got to stop being silent. We will be a voice together, and I'll see you there, guys. This is going to be a historic, a major event that will change the course of our nation's future. Thank you so very much. I'll see you there. Be there. All right, God bless you all. Thank you. And, uh, Share and get it out there. That, that's what's going to happen. Amen.